0: All right, welcome back to the 25 questions with a random person. This is Zach, and beside me is Ashley. And today's episode is sponsored by Bare Bones Funeral Service. Uh, Bare Bones Funeral Service, you can dump your family wherever. Yeah, that's a, that's a real sponsorship I did right now. <laughs> Not really. So
1: I'm, so I'm convinced. <laughs> really. Yeah.
0: Okay, so first question uh, Who are you?
2: <laughs>
1: so I'm Ashley, and I'm a photographer and a designer. I'm interested in history, particularly ancient and medieval history, and I'm generally just kind of a doer of creative
2: things. Hmm,
0: fun. I'm Zach. I'm a host of a podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Let's um, so move on to question number two. Uh, what implications in the Harry Potter universe are actually horrifying?
1: I think part of what makes Harry Potter a good story or a good series of stories is that there are things that are genuinely horrifying. Um, the Dementors, mm, yeah. That that's something worth being afraid of. Yeah. The division between Muggles and magical people, just like the <laughs> the, the almost racism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, it's not racism. I guess it's just like. <laughs> prejudice yeah um that's horrifying the fact that Harry Potter was abused for his entire childhood and like forced to live under a staircase (laughs) that's also very traumatizing as much as he becomes later or sorry he becomes annoying later in the series and sort of overly confident and full of himself I would say definitely his upbringing is something worth being traumatized about Hmm. So I think all of those things <laughs> that are, works are somewhat horrifying.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it's the um, the fact that there's an overruling class of magic people, and then this lower Muggle Muggle class. Essentially, like you said it's just like that division. It's just like you have essentially um, it's almost like a normalized dictatorship kind of thing where I don't know, just kind of people at the top have too much power.
1: <laughs> I don't know if like I would put it in those terms. Like I I know what you mean. Or I think I know what you mean. I don't want to say for sure that I know yeah, what yeah. you mean because I not you. But because <laughs> I don't think that they try to rule over the muggles. I think it's more just like a distaste mm. for them. Like there's a separate, <laughs> a separateness, but also like a disgust.
0: Okay. Not yeah. among
1: everyone, of course, but yeah. you see that with.
0: But there's like that preferential treatment, essentially. It's just like, oh, you're magical right this way, sir. Whereas it's like, oh, you're not magic. You can go away. <laughs>
1: But if you're not magical, should you be participating in magical affairs?
0: I think there should be an integration, yes. (laughs) You should at least know of the world that exists beyond that. (laughs)
1: The lack of transparency.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: It's a complicated issue. It's a very complicated issue. (laughs) The the, the Harry Potter... (laughs)
0: Delving into class warfare here.
1: In the Harry Potter universe. Because there's an element of self-protection as well. Because I think magical people are the minority. Are they? I don't think that the majority of the population is magical. Okay. So if they are a powerful minority, Mm. are they only powerful insofar as they are able to maintain their... Anonymity? Not anonymity, but... um, There's a word that I'm looking for.
0: Uh... It's not going to me either. (laughs) Insofar as they
1: they are able to maintain... Secrecy, I suppose.
2: Okay.
1: Hmm. I suppose anonymity. Like, you don't know that they're magical.
0: Yeah, and they definitely do cover it up. Hmm. right. Let's go on to question three. What is the dumbest thing you've ever heard a person say? That's really, that's a hard one to answer. <laughs> it's very broad.
1: I've heard some dumb things over the
0: years. I'm just going to generalize and say it's when people complain about um, very frivolous things, like, and they, okay, so a perfect example is like the TDC. Right. So if someone complains, oh, the subway's out of Oh, this is like, you know, the, I can't believe the TDC can't run more trains or something like that. It's just like, well, first of all, <laughs> public run service, secondly, it's like it's just a lack of knowledge beyond like their day to day lives. It's just like right. ah
1: I think stuff like that as well though is like emotional. So mm. there's something to be said about expressing frustration and a value in expressing frustration for the person who is who is saying it, not for the people okay. who have to listen. Hmm. So I don't know if I would necessarily say that's dumb. Maybe it is.
0: Ill informed, perhaps. Perhaps.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, are stupidity and ignorance the same thing?
0: Hmm. I'm not sure if I'm qualified to answer that. (laughs) I don't think
1: I am either, but I'm I'm qualified to answer the question. Or to Ah. ask the question, not to answer it, perhaps. Um, So, are stupidity and ignorance the same thing? I I think it depends on the circumstance.
2: Yeah, because so, like
0: in some cases you ca- like I mean if you consider stupid as just not being knowledgeable then yeah you could fix that and it's just education. But if you consider stupid as being like actually incapable of learning, <laughs> yeah. not
1: having the the ability to critically evaluate yeah. a situation, yeah. Um, the only thing that comes to mind is actually something that I didn't even personally hear being said, but it was so dumb <laughs> that my friend told me about it, which is that she was sitting in a restaurant of some sort and there were three adults having a conversation young adults Mm -hmm. but like in their 20s clearly old enough to be out in the world yeah and between the three of them they could not figure out what pickle juice was or how (laughs) pickles were made
2: and
1: (laughs) I think that is just like one example oh sorry they got uh, the closest they got was pickle juice is similar to vinegar (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's one thing that always throws me Just people's lack of understanding About what they eat And I'm not saying mm. lack of understanding In terms of necessarily The nutritional value Or perhaps more the like scientific side of things But just literally How it grows And like yeah. what it looks like <laughs> Basic questions About how you make something
0: Yeah Pickles are a bit of a mystery because I remember for the longest time, my sister didn't actually know where pickles came from. Mm. I told her it was cucumbers that had been like, what's the word, like fermenting or just kind of like chilling essentially. And she did not believe me. She was like, no, that's not true. They're not. They're completely different. And I was like, no. (laughs) Isn't
1: there a Magic School Bus episode about it? There is. And I
0: brought that up. (laughs) I see this is literally kids television education material you should know this
1: it'd be interesting to see the magic school bus or to watch the magic school bus episodes now and see which ones have held up because I know for sure that at least a few of them oh, no. are no longer <laughs> are no longer correct based yeah. on sort of current scientific understanding
2: yeah
1: so it'd be interesting to like audit the yeah, audit the school bus <laughs> magic school bus It's
0: <laughs> so clearly the yeah. All right, let's move on. It's uh, question four. What food combinations do you enjoy? Or what weird food combinations?
1: What weird food combinations do I enjoy?
0: Yeah. I had one in elementary school where, do you remember the pizza box lunchable things? Yes. Okay. You know the pizza sauce in that? Yes. That would go, and I had an experiment for about a year while I was in elementary school, that could go with anything. Mm. You could put that on graham crackers, you could put that on granola bars, you could put that on... I think at one point I tried chocolate chip cookies. It worked with everything. It was weird.
1: That makes sense, but it's probably mostly sugar.
0: Oh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> those lunch packets weren't exactly known for their nutritional value.
1: I, I was always so jealous of kids who got those, and I remember my mom like finally caved and got me one, and then never again. Like I would trade my lunch for them. Um, she like made me my own pizza, lunchables uh, that were, yes, like, yeah. way better. <laughs> but, yeah, we got a lot of healthy... Our, our desserts were always sesame snaps, which, as a kid, I thought was super lame, and now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, that's a great <laughs> snack.
0: Get more of those.
1: Um, so, what weird food combinations do I enjoy? I like sweet and salty, which I think is actually fairly common. Mm. Um, I'll pretty much put feta cheese with any kind of fruit. I eat... Jam by itself. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> out
0: of the, just out of the out of the
2: yeah, jar. Like
1: sometimes I'll just eat a spoonful of jam. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to my like if my previous story didn't already indicate to you, we didn't have a lot of sort of packaged snack foods, mm. but my mom would bake a lot, and I remember as a kid, I would sneak downstairs at like nine o'clock, which I thought was like super late. <laughs> yeah, and I would take butter and dip it in molasses and just, oh. and just eat butter and molasses. No, <laughs>
0: Which, no, 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 no.
1: And of course my parents caught me and were thoroughly <laughs> confused. <laughs> and,
0: but as How a, is that even?
2: No. Because as a
1: child, obviously, I was young enough I could not use the stove. <laughs> But I had baked with my mother and therefore knew that butter and molasses were essential ingredients in delicious things. Aww. So I think those would be, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it answers the question because I don't do that as an adult and it is, it is a present. Do you enjoy? So there's a, an implication oh, yeah. that it's current. Um, but I still do occasionally eat a spoonful of jam. Again, that's also yeah. not answering the question. That's just
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's just jam. <laughs> that's
1: just something that's a lack of a combination. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna the molasses and
0: butter one probably covers it well enough. That is think? weird. Okay, yeah. doesn't okay. matter. I will open that one up any time.
1: Okay.
0: What is your favorite conspiracy theory?
1: Reptilians.
0: Reptilians.
2: I mean, Snake. <laughs> <egg. laughs>
1: he has provided me with much entertainment. I don't
2: know.
1: A few years ago, I was a reptilian for Halloween. Um. So I just wore a cocktail dress and did like lizard skin makeup. And when people asked me what I was, I told them I was a globalist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no,
1: it's great. No. So that's probably my favorite conspiracy theory. I also have a soft spot for the flat Earth because I think it's so absurd. Mm. I mean, the Greeks knew the Earth was round. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Columbus knew it was round.
0: Did I ever tell you on the uh, on the train once I overheard a conversation where two people were talking? One guy was trying to convince his friend about the flat Earth uh, conspiracy theory, and his justification was that um, if we had rockets that could send people into mm-hmm. space, um, those people are are dead. Like they are not coming back because the rocket um, go uh, launches itself up at like you know so many meters per second, Okay. and the Earth moves in orbit so many meters per second. Therefore at some point the rocket will be not it will not be able to catch up to the earth <laughs> and will stay out in space <laughs> and his justification for why these people have return quote returned to earth is that they have been they're doing a movie set they're doing the moon landing 2.0 okay. only now people are just kind of hanging out in space because it's cheaper than sending them to the moon set <laughs> yeah and and like I didn't get a good look at him, but, like, the way he was, like, saying this stuff was, like, he was adamantly believing that people are stuck in space. It's emphatic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can't catch up to Earth once you're out there. It's over.
1: What is it? There's a a quote. What is now proved was once only imagined.
2: Mm. So,
1: (laughs) Even though a lot of these people are wrong, at least they still have imagination. Yeah.
0: (laughs) The belief is there.
1: The search for knowledge, however (laughs) futile or misguided, is still still there. The fire for knowledge.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, question number six, what is your favorite uh, depressing or sad song?
1: Can I say a genre of songs?
0: Why not? <laughs> I, do like,
1: I do like good Requiem.
0: Requiem like what?
1: Like a death song. Like an oh. orchestral. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Huh. So that's <laughs> Mozart's kind a of particularly famous one. Oh, okay, one. yeah, yeah. Because he wrote his own, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: I think mine is that song by Fastball, um, "The Way," because it's about that. It's about an old couple who have like Alzheimer's and they die out oh. in the desert. And the song is like very like oh, it's poppy and it's very catchy. And it's like where were they going um, without ever knowing the way? It's like they got lost in the desert. Um, they'll never go hungry. They never go and they'll never go cold because well, they're dead and in the sun. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's actually another song that. Just came out that comes to mind. It's by Leprous and it's on their new their new album, Melina. But hmm. I've only listened to the album as a whole album, so I don't actually know the the title of the song. Yeah. But uh, it's just about getting older.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> so I would recommend checking out the entire album, hmm. Melina by look. Leprous.
0: Melina by Leprous. All right, I'll give that a look. <laughs> okay. Working on number seven, uh, what are some difficult but common job interview questions?
1: Who are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is a tough one. I never know. I never know. <laughs> it changes.
1: <laughs> well, in what context? <laughs> How do you define yourself?
0: What's the job? <laughs> what are the skills? Previous experience must be over three years. How much time do you have? <laughs>
1: How much do you really want to know? Um, which leads into the other two questions, which I often find very difficult, mm-hmm. which is what is your greatest weakness mm-hmm. and where do you see yourself in five years?
0: Oh yeah, that one's hard.
1: You said that earlier. Yeah. yeah definitely. I concur.
0: Yeah. That's like... Because it's so... Ugh. I can barely see myself in one job for more than two years, never mind five years. And even then, it's like, well, what what's the work culture like? You know, who am I talking with? Like, it's like, I don't know how far that will be. And even if you think about skill-wise, like, my skills tend to vary a little bit over time. Right. So what I'm happy with doing now, in two years, not so much.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, what if you have goals that don't align with the company's interests? Which is obviously what they're trying to find yeah. out. But, you know... What if you're like, well, I'd like to have a family and be home with babies in five years. Yeah. And <laughs> as a company, you know, as much as they're not allowed to discriminate against you based on that, they'll yeah. go, oh, you're going to leave us in a couple years. Do we want to invest oh. in training you? So there are always questions like that. Why? See, I would
0: never answer it like that. I always give them like a professional, like not my personal life answer.
1: Right. Yeah. But how do you divide them and where? And I think that's a question that I'm uh. often asking. And I think that's also just my personality. Yeah. Whereas I become sort of obsessed with whatever job I'm doing.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Question number eight. Um, what did you have? High, uh, what did you have high hopes for, but was terribly disappointing? Adulthood. Adulthood. <laughs> Getting real. There we go.
1: <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been all disappointing. <laughs> there are good things. But I think it's it's easy to romanticize what the future will be. Yeah. Who do you want to be when you grow up?
2: Yeah. No, <laughs> you can
1: be anything. <laughs> well. <yeah>. <laughs> well. <laughs> Actually, no. In my parents' defense, they would always say, you can be any version of you that you want to be.
2: Mm, <laughs> that's nice. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah.
1: And it's more honest than you can be anything. Yeah. Because there are certain things that I was never going to do. <laughs>
0: i say one thing that was terribly disappointing was on a a trip I went on. um, I went to Belgium um, and I went to that uh, Bruges, 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 yeah. It's like an incredibly touristy place. Everyone always says, oh, if you're going to Belgium, you have to go there, go there. Um, And so I was like, okay, yeah. And so it was like, you know, it was actually my birthday that I actually went to that town and I spent my birthday there essentially. And I was just like, yeah, it was nice, but it wasn't like, overly showering of what people were talking about what it like what it was. And it was just like again, it was like, you know, I don't really celebrate my birthday all that much, but this is like, you know, I'm on vacation on my birthday, so it's it's right. something. And I'm like spending it in this very touristy version of a medieval town. <laughs> I'm like, ah
1: I feel that. Yeah. I felt like that about Paris. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Yeah, Paris will do that.
1: <laughs> there's apparently I always forget the name for it, but there's apparently like a a psychological term for people who are so excited about Paris and then they go there and are so disappointed um, that they actually become depressed.
0: There's there's something like that for, I know the the Japanese or the Chinese tourism board, their consulate in Paris has a special phone number that um, people from either Japan or China, I forget which one it is, can call to get consoled about how how essentially different Paris is than what they'd imagined it was.
1: (laughs) It smells like pee. Yep. People are always hassling you for money and trying to sell you keychains.
0: Yeah. The it's... line for the Eiffel Tower will be going on for two hours and there's nothing you can do about it.
1: See, I don't even mind the line, but I I don't like paying for the bathroom everywhere. Ugh. And evidently other people don't like it either because <laughs> they just pee in the streets.
0: I remember coming out of the, uh, the the apartment that we rented there and it was um it was like in the morning, we were just leaving Paris and there's like vomit all over the oh. step. And I'm just like, yep, goodbye.
1: (laughs) I feel like that's also just hostels. Um...
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, Yeah. Paris, God.
1: (laughs) There were nice things. I mean, I'm glad I went because there were things that I wanted to see. But there were so many other European cities that were way cleaner and had just as much history. Like Vienna.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I like Paris a lot just for the atmosphere there. But again, like that's the atmosphere being like everything above street level. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I just like the way the city looked right. above street level. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is, a,
1: it is an attractive city. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, just the way they, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And then, of course, like seeing the Mona Lisa and other stuff like that, that was nice. Of course.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. You go to Paris, you see the stuff. And then that, and then and the, you're done. And then you leave. <laughs> maybe i'm just not rich enough to enjoy paris
0: mm. <laughs> that could be it too
1: <laughs> maybe if i had a lot of money to drop i'd have a very different experience
2: yeah
0: i think i feel it would be the same way for belgium too because i saw there's some it's being like you know the second hub of the european union parliament right there are some really nice areas it's just that you know me being a commoner i couldn't afford to see them <laughs> <laughs> Just hanging out at the hostel. Oh, did I tell you, my the hostel I stayed at in, in Belgium, uh, in Brussels, mm-hmm. right next door is an abandoned building. <laughs> huh. Yeah.
1: Did you get cool photos of it?
0: No, I did not. <laughs> I, I sprinted past it every time. Did not look like a, a nice place to be. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Uh, question nine. What are old person things you do?
1: So many old person things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I say the before a lot of things that don't require the... Like, the Facebook.
2: Um,
1: I'm really generous with my use of the definite article. Alright. I take a lot of naps. (laughs) I like to go to farmers markets. Mm. Um, I have a slide collection that I sort.
2: (laughs) Those
1: are are some of my main, main old person things.
0: You find yourself doing uh, the high tea?
1: Oh, I love high tea. Oh
0: gosh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> high tea's great.
0: Might as well just like skip right into old person. <laughs>
1: oh hanging out with my grandmother is one of my favorite things. We hmm. took oh, we took a trip together when I was eighteen. We went to Aruba and she was eighty and I was actually no, I was nineteen. Okay. I just turned nineteen. And everywhere we went we had like the perfect combination because either they were super nice to us because my Nana was old or they were super <laughs> nice to us because I was young and pretty. And we just like, <laughs> like took the bus into town.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Although in all fairness, I would say that on that trip she did more youthful things than I did old person things. We went tubing. Oh. Which I was very yeah, impressed with. That's impressive. She was like, I want to go in one of those water couches. <laughs> <laughs> And so we did.
0: Yeah. That's actually a better name for them than tubes, water couches. Water
1: couches. Water I mean, couches. this is more accurate <laughs> yeah. based on how they look.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I suppose I also take photos on 35 millimeter film as of about oh, a month ago. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's an old person thing.
0: That is. So <laughs> what about you? Um, hmm. I always, I find myself referring more and more to like referring, okay. So like I've used the phrase like back in my day oh, or yes. back in the day. More often than what I'm comfortable with now, especially yeah. when I'm referring to like stuff about the internet or like uh, talking about um, like ah oh, man, just like I don't know, just things that happened in the past. Is like ah, oh, things are so different now, and it's only been like five years.
1: I feel like we <laughs> are old in internet terms, though. Yeah, I, rem- I remember dial-up. I had dial-up oh, yeah. until I was sixteen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember having getting a game for the computer, and it was it required. I think it was like twenty-five megabytes of uh, disk space. And I had to get an expansion for that. <laughs> because it was too much. <laughs> and now that's like what? It's like almost like a nice high-res high photo. <laughs>
1: right. Oh, I thought of another old person thing. I, I use cursive writing. I still write in cursive.
0: Mm. <laughs> that's, that's really old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I used to invoice. I remember my mom wrote this program. Well, I don't remember when she wrote it because I wasn't born yet. But she wrote an invoicing program for my dad mm. that ran on a two eighty six and Hmm. he used it until 2009 (laughs) and i'll admit that when we moved over to excel it it takes more clicks it was super efficient it was like five clicks to make an invoice and Although, at, like at the time, I remember looking at it and going at this blue screen with white letters, and my dad showing me how to make an invoice because I was working for him over the summer, <laughs> and I was just so grumbly <laughs> about it. I was, what am I doing?
0: That's pretty cool that the program to, like survived that long, though. It's yeah. really effective programming.
1: <laughs> it was simple.
0: Yeah. All right, question ten. What's the best advice you ever got regarding job interviews?
1: be confident
0: be
2: confident
1: (laughs) people respond well to confidence and that's one thing i'm becoming more and more aware of Mm. because as much as people say oh they want someone who's honest and direct and who tells them when things aren't going to work out really people just want to hear that you can fix it and they don't want to hear the details (laughs) (laughs) so confidence is something that
0: that can apply to a lot of things too like if you're just confident about whatever you're doing it's like you can more or less have a good chance of success
1: right people are are confident in you if you appear confident in yourself
0: yeah Uh, best advice I ever got was actually wearing glasses Mm. because apparently when people see glasses because there's that whole that whole time where people with glasses like making fun of and then like you know everyone kind of realized hey that's actually the smart kid Right. And it's just like now they see people with glasses, and it's like, oh, I bet he's smart or she's smart or whatever. Yeah. I can see that. And so, the, the, the advice that before I actually had started to wear glasses, the advice was pick up a pair of reading glasses that are either minimal, like that, so they don't screw up your site, or buy a pair of fake glasses online right. and then wear those to interviews. <laughs>
2: hmm.
0: Yeah. The only trouble is if you do lie in that regard and you're going to stay there for like two or three years. <laughs> right. Either tell people you wear contacts or bring those glasses every day.
1: <laughs> I wonder if it's the same for women. I
0: would say they would apply more because then you get like a librarian kind of look. And mm-hmm. like, oh. Mm-hmm.
1: See, because I wore glasses all through high school, but now I just switched to contacts when I started university.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I've never really had a job interview since high school where I was wearing glasses.
2: Hmm.
1: Although I did notice, I used to keep, I did like a... A fake study. By, by fake study I mean I didn't really properly control for any variables yeah. other than actually when I worked with you. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I did two weeks where I wore the same outfit on the same day and then I didn't wear makeup the first week and I did wear makeup the second week and I kept track of how many times like people randomly talked to me <laughs> and people randomly talked to me way more when I was wearing makeup than when I wasn't. Oh
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: But there could have been other factors,
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, looking back on that now, I did not notice and I can't honestly recall. It
1: wasn't so much like you guys who I shared the office with. It was more like when I'd walk by reception or through.
2: Oh, I see.
1: Through. I mean, I could have just walked through more times.
0: Mm. Alright, question 11. Um, What did you eat only to regret it moments later?
1: Gluten. <laughs> I love bread, but it does not. Love me. No. <laughs> also tripe soup.
0: Tripe soup? Tripe soup. What's in tripe soup? Tripe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was self-explanatory. <laughs> it's, what is
2: tripe? <laughs> it
1: is the stomach lining of a cow. So it's like a Why? white waffle. Okay, so I was in Romania, and our like hosts were t- taking us on a tour, and you know... They booked a bus and were showing us all around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when they were explaining what the special was at this restaurant we had stopped at, mm-hmm. they said, "Oh, it's um cow stomach. You know, like they take the cow meat and they boil it, um, and they with vegetables and they take the vegetables out, and then and then you eat it." And I thought, "Oh, beef stew like that. Yeah. That sounds great. Like yeah. Beef soup." So I ordered it, and then it comes, and evidently someone else had. Understood that it was tripe, because another (laughs) of the Romanians had said it was tripe. And at this point, of course, they have brought it. Evidently, it takes like a day to cook, and it's a delicacy there. Okay. So, I have to eat it. It would be very rude not to. Yeah.
2: And
1: it was yellow, with just tripe, and you eat it with sour cream and vinegar. It was not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. Um, I ate... I ate as much of it as I could and I had already given my lunch away because we had packed lunches and they said no no let's stop at this restaurant instead Mm. but there was like it was sad actually there was like a hungry gypsy child and I gave him my lunch Yeah. Um, and then I ate the tripe soup but I did not finish it (laughs) (laughs) and that that is probably the, the strangest thing I've ever eaten but I'm sure if you grow up eating it, it's Yeah, it wouldn't it's be that great. bad. Yeah. Like well, it's like smoked oysters out of a can. No. Like I really like those, but I also my mom really liked those and I grew up eating them so they don't weird me out. Versus if you've never eaten something like that and you came to it as an adult, you might be weird about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Huh. What about you? I'm get? trying to think well, was uh regret it moments later. Have you ever had um this dessert dish? Um what is it called? It's like marshmallow salad, I think.
1: I actually really like
0: marshmallow oh, salad. Oh, no, It's disgusting. <laughs>
1: it is the first recipe that I ever learned how to make. Oh. My great-grandmother wrote the um, instructions out on a little piece of paper that I still have when I was like five. <laughs> and and that was the first thing I ever like made for my family. <laughs> was, although she called it ambrosia
0: ambrosia that sounds like a better name than marshmallow salad well it's like <laughs>
1: um like dump cake with cherries you can also call it cherry jubilee <laughs> it just depends who you, who you ask
0: <laughs> <laughs> dump cake yeah no in marshmallow salad i did not like that the first time i tried and i've steered clear since oh, do you like ma-
1: do you like marshmallows in general
0: I do. I do not like it when there's tangerines mixed in or whatever that stuff is that's kind of like congealing it all together. Let's
1: tell the people what what's in marshmallow salad, yeah, a.k.a. ambrosia. So it's also called five cup salad. It's got five cups of ingredients, one cup each. So your first cup is those little mandarin oranges from the can with the syrup. Your second cup is pineapple chunks, again, from a can with the oh. syrup. Your third ingredient is one cup of shredded coconut, one cup of mini marshmallows, and one cup of sour cream, which sounds weird, but it cuts the, the sweetness of the syrup. I mean, it's a weird dish, but that's, that's how you make five cup salad. Equal parts, mini marshmallows, canned mandarin oranges, no. pineapple chunks out of a can, shredded coconut, and sour cream.
0: It's so wrong.
1: <laughs> I mean, it'd probably be better without the marshmallows.
0: Honestly, if it, if it didn't have the marshmallows, yeah, it would be better. Because at least then, it would, like, the whole reason I like i thought I'd like it is because it's like, oh, marshmallows. Oh, sweet. That's like, yeah. Right. And then, no. No. I also wasn't big of the coconut at the time either. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh.
1: wonder why you would switch out maybe like melon. Then it's just a fruit salad.
0: Yeah. Which is less <laughs> offensive. I, I think you the have the sour cream in there, though.
1: Well, if you use the canned fruits, because they have the syrup, they're so sweet that you don't, it's not sour. It just sort of keeps it from being overwhelming. You can also make it with yogurt.
0: Okay. I think I had the yogurt one, or at least that's the one that my family keeps making. Probably because the sour cream does not agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) Again. it's,
1: (laughs) It's from that era of, oh, like the 1950s when you had all these cookbooks that were sort of put out by different food companies like the Camel oh. Soup Cookbook and they were trying to get people to use these newer packaged foods because prior to that people would do their groceries, you know, every two days and they would go to the to the butcher or mm. they would go to, you know, the farmer's stand. Yeah. And they would buy ingredients. And so to sell people packaged foods after the war, there were all these promotional cookbooks.
0: Oh. Um, that's interesting
1: (laughs) it is I mean Campbell's there's yeah tons of of recipes just take this Campbell's soup can and cover your meat with five cans of salted Mm. Campbell's soup oh (laughs) (laughs) bake it baste
0: (laughs) huh there you go alright question 12 what's the best app you use that most people don't know about
1: I use a lot of apps (laughs) (laughs) the most fun app that I have obtained recently, which I will probably be over in a matter right. of weeks, is called, I think it's called Life Dropper,
0: life or, Dropper. Li- or Life Picker. It sounds like.
1: <laughs> so it's a color. What's the name of that tool? So you take a photo of something in real life and then it gives you the color code for the part of the photo that you've selected.
0: Okay. Yeah, just color picker. Colour picker. Yeah.
1: But I think it's called life picker or life dropper. I don't remember yeah. exactly and my phone is dead, so Oh.
2: <laughs> I, can't, I can't
1: tell you exactly what it's called. Yeah. Otherwise, I think most of the apps I tend to use are are pretty pretty common.
2: Hmm.
1: I use a lot of photo apps, but they're like Snapseed and Photoshop Express okay. and again the yeah, kind of more popular ones. Hmm.
0: I tend. I've started using. So I told. I think I told you. I started like timing every part of my day's activities. Right. And so I did find that the timing, the app that I use, does allow you to make little categories. Now, if you're not this particularly pedantic about measuring your time overall, right. It does make a good timing app. So if you want to see, like you know, um, just basically how long it takes you to do a task or two, it does. It would work for that. Um, especially if you're someone who works like doing contract work and have to measure hours, works mm-hmm. for that. Um, but that's been the best app that I've used recently. All the other ones I can think of, yeah, they're like mainstream apps. Right. Um, the last episode on this podcast, we talked about Mint, the budgeting app. Um, and I don't yeah, just use social media because I'm a millennial.
2: <laughs>
1: I suppose actually Preview is a is a cool app. Preview? It's sort of, I mean, it does what Planoly does if you're similar or if you're familiar with Planoly. So it's an Instagram planning app. I don't find that Planoly works very well on my phone. I have Android, uh, but Preview does. So it just allows you to put your photos in and then move them around in a grid. So you can see the order you should post your photos to Instagram in to make them the most aesthetically pleasing. Oh, interesting.
0: Oh, that's what, oh, I've seen people do that before where like, yeah. or they use like, they have three photos in their grid where like it makes up a larger image.
1: So I use a separate app. I use 9Grid to divide the photo. And you okay. can cut a photo into either two squares or however many up to, three yeah. by three. And then planally is... Or sorry, not planally, I don't use planally anymore because it doesn't work very well on my phone. Preview <laughs> is what I use to organize those photos uh. and sort of plan them out. And you can do like the next hundred Instagram posts. Huh. Like Some people will do... If you look at their Instagram feeds, people who are hyper meticulous will have... Like every third photo might be sort of a branded quote image or something. So you have these like colored squares going in a diagonal. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. I've seen that before.
1: If you care about what your Instagram feed looks like.
2: (laughs) They're neat. Yeah,
0: that's good. All right. Oh, and we've reached the break. So we'll be right back after a moment from our sponsor, which um, I'll have to figure out what that sponsor is eventually. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Okay, and on to question uh, 13. Uh, What things do you guys put in your instant ramen to make it better?
1: Well, I don't really eat too much ramen anymore, but there are gluten-free instant noodles, Mm -hmm. and I would say an egg. So while you're cooking it, if you crack an egg and stir it in and it cooks in the broth, that's always always tasty. Sometimes chives, because I grow chives at home. Hmm. Pretty much those two things.
0: (laughs) I was gonna say an egg as well but i don't crack the egg and put it in i just kind of throw it in as a hard-boiled egg Mm. and then once it's once the ramen's finished before i mix in like the powder or whatever uh, flavoring i'll kind of like take out the egg and like de-shell it then throw it back in and then yeah finish up that way nice yeah um that was a really short question
1: (laughs) i mean you can put pretty much anything in your fridge into ramen that's savory just like ah i have this extra vegetable into the ramen. Throw it in. <laughs>
0: oh. All right. What is the funniest thing you've seen written in a bathroom stall?
1: Yeah, I've seen some pretty funny things over the years, but it's it's hard to remember a specific one. <laughs> I feel like a lot of them have been drawings.
0: <laughs> really?
1: I know. I know the place that I would see the best graffiti, actually. Ah, so. <laughs> At the University of Guelph, there's a restaurant on campus called the Bull Ring. And that's because before it was a restaurant, it used to be a ring where they would bring in cows for shows and bulls.
2: <laughs> huh.
1: So it's a historic building at Guelph.
0: It's an interesting thing to have on a secu- on a campus, though. <laughs> no, Guelph... I, mean, like, I get like the historical context of it. But it's just like they kept the building and just kind of revamped it or...
1: They re- renovated it. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, Guelph is known... Because it was originally the Agricultural College of Ontario.
0: Oh, that explains it. Okay, never mind.
1: <laughs> um, and I mean, it still got, yeah. I think, the best vet school in Canada.
2: Hmm.
1: The Ontario Veterinary College. Yeah.
0: I was thinking from a, a context of, like, um, they obviously they, the university came, like, yes, this place will be good. Oh, they got a building where they crowd cows. We'll just throw some chairs and stuff in there. It'll be fine. <laughs> but no, yeah, we they, they make it sound like an agricultural side of the things, I was like, oh, then that explains why they kept the building and just made renovations, yeah.
1: I think it's a student-run restaurant still.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Anyways, it it always had the best bathroom graffiti. (laughs) And I found a lot of it was just, like, positive reinforcement. (laughs) Because people would just write, like, you're beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Believe in yourself. (laughs) Wow. Which I suppose isn't funny. So... I'll let you answer. It I'm could be trying. if you're
0: a pessimist.
1: <laughs> I suppose that's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, obviously, coming from the the guys' bathroom stalls, there's a lot more derogatory comments in there. But one of the funniest things I remember, like, or I actually just kind of stood there and laughed for a while. Was um, it was a joke, and so I had to put like, I was addicted to soap, but I'm clean now. And I just, <laughs> I might have been slightly drunk at the time, but still, I just I couldn't stop laughing. I I read that.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, I cannot remember remember any specific examples. Hmm. <laughs> Although some lewd drawings come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. It's
0: the same.
2: <laughs>
0: Alright, question 15. Life of Brian or the Holy Grail? Why? So, which one's better, I guess?
1: I mean, they're both really funny. Yeah. I would say the Holy Grail is more... Universal, whereas I think a lot of Life of Brian is funny, and so is only funny if you have some knowledge of like Christianity, yeah, which I realize is less prominent now than it would have been at the time that it was made, yeah, people don't grow up learning it the same way. So I'd say the Holy Grail is funny on a more universal level. Hmm. Whereas Life of Brian is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> if you are familiar with some like Christian history.
0: Yeah, so I was gonna say Life of Brian, but then again, I did I, I did have a religious upbringing, so I kind of know more about that side of things. But I would also I, I the Holy Grail, yeah, it's it's more it's funnier universally because you don't need to like um, I'm trying to remember some of the jokes, but you don't need a lot of context to know the joke. Right. There, it's very much in your face. This is funny,
1: and there yeah. are jokes that are funnier if you know the context. But again, like knowing sort of the Id- the story of the Holy Grail, yeah, um, like the Camelot plot, like those are more common, I think, mm. because they've been carried on in popular culture. Okay. In a way that sort of Christianity in popular culture now is just like this, for some reason, monolithic enemy of all progress, uh. which is... <laughs> I understand that certain people have had bad experiences, but yeah. that is not a realistic yeah. view of what it is.
0: <laughs> Actually, it reminds me, there is a, there's a scene in Life of Brian that uh, there's like some, I, I'm pretty sure this is accurate, um, but I remember reading it somewhere on the internet because that means it's true.
2: 100
0: true, obviously. Um, But there's that scene where um, Brian is before the Roman emperor guy and he has the guards and they start talking about Biggest Dickests and stuff like that. Yeah. So (laughs) the guards that were hired for that scene, uh, the actors, were told that it was a serious Roman film and that they were to be as stoic as possible as to convey the seriousness of the scene. (laughs) Which, of course, when you have the emperor person saying in their face <laughs> biggest dickus <laughs> <laughs> and you and you see the look on their faces where they're trying so hard not to laugh like they're just they're dying and that is like that's real laughter they are trying so hard not to laugh
1: <laughs> ah biggest dickus yeah <laughs> I love that in the holy grail to me one of the funniest things the coconuts was literally because they didn't have the budget for horses <laughs> <laughs> yes it was so good. Mm. Have you seen um, Monty Python Personal Best on Netflix?
0: No,
2: I haven't. No,
1: it's worth watching. I mean, all the skits. I think actually, I wouldn't say all the skits are worth watching, but it mm. it it's the personal best. So they mm. pull they pull their favorites.
0: Do they have the advertising campaign with the coffee? It was like Conquistador Coffee.
1: <laughs> Probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that one so much. It's it's such a nuanced joke, but it, there's just. Oh, uh, that was good. And he's just like, it was all like the it was like the advertising executive bringing the copywriter right. uh, for his failed advertising campaign for conquistador Coffee. <laughs> and he's just like, your your campaign to give a free smallpox blanket with every new can <laughs> <laughs> drops sales by 30%. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's a good campaign, so. <laughs> How? How?
2: <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: I love the one with the Hammond organ where all of the suitors are trying to to get the princess to marry to marry them (laughs) and the king is there playing this yeah this electric organ (laughs) (laughs) and it's so funny i think it's part of why it's so funny is that there's all these like medieval people sort Mm. of the villagers that are just portrayed as these sort of monolithic like they all have the same opinion they're
0: just
1: (laughs) (laughs) which yeah i think that's
0: they probably got the Dead Parrot one in there, I assume, too.
1: Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I did fall asleep for some of them because I watch it before bedtime.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, so yeah. I'll yeah.
1: have to go back and make sure that all of my favorites made it in.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, the Dead Parrot one's definitely in there. Yeah, Actually, this, says it's like, if this is an
0: ex-parrot. It, it has funny ceased walks. to exist. <laughs> <laughs> I got a shirt that has that on. It's like a mix of the Beatles, um, Albie... Uh, um, Abbey Road album cover yes. and the Silly Walks
2: <laughs> Amazing
0: okay. uh, Question 16 What is your most peaceful experience?
2: Sleep Sleep <laughs>
1: <laughs> But perhaps my most peaceful waking experience <laughs> would be something that is not sleep that wasn't ah. wasn't obvious. <laughs> Being put under at the dentist, I guess that's also sleep. That's that's also. Sleep. <laughs> that's also sleep. <laughs> that's also. Sleep. Um, <laughs> I went to a temple in Koya That was pretty peaceful. Yeah, nice. So I did the the Japanese temple experience. I would say actually traveling by myself was overall mm. a very peaceful experience because obviously it's exciting you're seeing new things but it's all at your own pace yeah and I think that's probably the source of a lot of my anxieties is mm. just like other people's expectations of the situations okay so doing something for myself by myself was mm. was peaceful
0: yeah. so the same I also I mean that I remember the uh, the temples being particularly peaceful. I think the most peaceful I had was like just sitting on the top of Mount Fuji as the sun came up, mm. and it was just like it was like it was it was like the opposite of what you would expect from a peaceful. It's like first of all I was climbing for eight hours. Right. Second of all, it was minus four. <laughs> I was hungry, and then there's another eight hour walk back down the mountain. <laughs> but I don't know, just sitting up there and just kind of like just seeing the view, kind of unfurl, and just like ah, oh, yeah, didn't really want to move, but. Had had to move. There's another way down.
1: <laughs> you can't just stay up there. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> they hurry you along pretty quick. <laughs> um, but the temples in particular, I do remember those being particularly peaceful. I really liked the ritual of like washing the hands and like that whole thing.
2: I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
1: I would say. Well, now this is just a different a different church. But I went to stay at, <laughs> a, at a monastery in Boston because my friend was a postulant to become a monk. Mm and I mean you really you go to church five times a day and it's really beautiful and the food is amazing and (laughs) I would say overall that was very peaceful Hmm. you just go and you sing these sort of like Gregorian type chants they're not really Gregorian chants but it's it's a medieval way of writing notation Uh so there's four tones it's not like a staff the way we know a music staff so they, they give you one tone Hmm. And then, you know, the other tones are either one above, one below, or two above, two below kind of thing. Okay. So it's all the same tone, and that's how you sing it. And so the notation is just like these squares, like one, two, three, or four levels, or three.
2: Huh.
1: And just yeah, singing five times a day, and <laughs> being mostly quiet, and then eating, that was that was peaceful.
0: Yeah, oh, that's nice. Hmm.
1: It was hard not to talk.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: huh.
0: And uh, question seventeen: What was the last photo you took? Uh, and I looked at mine already. It was the. Um, it was for some reason a picture of a buns, uh, which is a. Does the world know about buns? I'm pretty sure I don't have a worldwide audience, but I'm gonna to say it anyway.
1: <laughs> like the trading.
0: Trading zone, yeah. Trading thing. It's like Craigslist, but for millennials. Um, they started doing their own cryptocurrency. Oh. So, but they had like, I was like surprised I'd see that out in the wild. So I took a picture of the uh, the sign. Cool. i never actually used buns. I don't intend to, but yeah, yeah it's nice. it was cool seeing that.
1: Very nice. Yeah. The last photo I took on my phone was of my cat in yeah. my mm-hmm. backyard. He is a prince. But the <laughs> last photo I took would be on my DSLR. And it was of the side... Of a glass building reflecting another glass building.
0: Ooh, inception. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs>
1: and that was in Toronto because I was for once on the gardener and I wasn't driving so ah. I could actually take a photo. Yeah.
0: That was an interesting stretch of road in the last... Uh, that's an interesting sentence that I never thought I'd say. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's an interesting stretch of road. It's an
0: interesting stretch of road, No, <laughs> No, because like they've started building so many condos downtown, it's mm-hmm. becoming like a valley of sorts. And you're already really high up. You're about that was that thirty feet in the in the air already? Right. So it's like you get this weird, I don't know, it feels like a skyway from the future now. But yeah.
1: It, it feels kinda like I'm in a comic
2: book.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Especially with all the Toronto branding, with all the Weed the north.
0: Oh god. <laughs> <I> hate that <laughs> slogan.
1: <laughs> it's not my favorite either, but it could be worse.
0: It could be weed the north, which is what it's going to become now. <laughs> Weed the North. W E E D.
2: Uh, (laughs) Oh. Oh well.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Accurate. Question 18. How do you know if you're a good person?
1: If the way you act in the world matches up with the way you believe to be virtuous.
2: Hmm.
1: So. Your version of what is virtuous may not be what other people consider to be virtuous. But if, if you have an idea that you have considered and set forth as to what virtue is, and you live according to that, I think that you are a good person. Or at least good insofar as you perhaps are not misguided.
0: Yeah, it's a good answer. Mine's just like, as long as you're not wrecking up other people's shit, you're fine. <laughs> just not in, in respect that, you know, I don't, you know, the golden rule essentially. And, that you know, re- understand that, you know, people are different in their own regard. And that, you know, right. if you mind your own business, keep to yourself, essentially, you know, you do you. Right. And be respectful of, the, of other people around you. I consider you being a good person. Yeah.
1: I agree with that. I'm going to yeah. add that onto my own answer. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't impose your will on other people
0: yeah don't impose your virtues i mean you have
1: to to a certain extent just to exist (laughs) in the world (laughs) um that that is a truth
0: yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with like disagreeing with what you feel about in a certain situation but as long as you're not imposing that disagreement on other people in the same regard yeah that's yeah
1: i mean you have to impose on people in some ways like you might have to say like oh can you move? You're in my way. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Please.
1: So you are you are imposing your will, but it, you're not going up to someone and saying, your fundamental way of viewing life <laughs> is flawed, and you must change it.
0: <laughs> I need you to move subway cars, because I don't want you in my space. <laughs> Could you kindly leave? <laughs> right. No. Uh. Actually, look, oh, I noticed on the uh, Toronto subreddit, people have started doing a lot more of these comments about complaining about people on the subway, mm-hmm. and it's actually relates to that in a way, where they're complaining, it's just like, oh, this this guy was like, uh, what was the complaint? He um, he put his bag on the seat next to him, right. and they're, they're so, like, uh, massive posts, like, I can't believe in our society this is happening, right. and it's like, okay, first of all, he paid the same $3 token you did. Right. <laughs> Yes, he's taking up a chair before his bag. You can ask him to move that bag. It's not a problem. Um, our people were complaining about, uh, and our one was complaining like, oh, this guy was being really abusive to his other passengers um, in the way that he was like, he was angry about something and he wasn't like directing this anger to anybody. He was just like visibly angry and distressed and he's like essentially mumbling to himself that he's like mm-hmm. having a problem. Um, and the person was saying like, you know, I can't believe this person's allowed to ride the subway with the rest of us. And I'm like, okay, first of all, He's not bothering anybody. Right. Second, if he was, you have that nice yellow strip. You can hit that and I'll bring someone who can then take him away. Right. <laughs> it's like it's not your, you shouldn't need to, you know, feel imposed to uh, complain about this on the internet.
1: <laughs> I think that's an interesting thing about the internet is that so many people can be so opinionated online and yet they don't approach people in real life. Yeah. And it's usually something that could be solved and learned from way more easily by just approaching the situation at the time, not 100% of the time, certainly, but it's not people's first instinct anymore Yeah. to interact with another person. It's like the first instinct is to like interact with this community, this cloud-based sort of community. Yeah.
0: Well, you see what happened with, um, did you see Elon Musk's, uh, Elon Musk's, <laughs> Musk's, <laughs> Musk's um, Elon Musk had put out, uh, oh, what did he do? He, someone had, no, someone had commented on one of his tweets um, and said like, oh, oh yeah, it was because like he, Elon Musk was complaining, oh, complaining, put out a tweet saying that, you know, I don't understand why, the the context of it was, I don't understand why being called a billionaire is a negative thing. And he right. shouldn't, he doesn't like being called a billionaire in the negative context. Mm-hmm. Someone replied to him, it's like, well, you know, we call you a billionaire because you're a billionaire. If you don't want to be called a billionaire, you should stop hoarding re- hoard, hoarding resources, essentially, from the rest of the world. Rainbow emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and then he replies to this person, and just an applause of like, you know, good for you, Elon. Where he just said, like, essentially, he's like, you know, I've provided, I've, I'm um, in context again, like, this isn't the, isn't the exact words. But he's like, you know, I'm a CEO of a company that provides jobs and salaries to people who then support their own families. And we're all working towards the end goal of, you know, producing good things. And then the end statement was, what have you done? (laughs) Question mark. Which is like, again, what you say, this person who replied to him in real life without Twitter would have never had any contact with Elon. Never would have even voiced that opinion likely. Right. And yet, in the public forum, you have this ability to complain to heads of industry with your nonsense, complaint, opinion, and then have them ap- reply in what was justified.
1: <laughs> well, I think, I mean, you make a good point, but I also think that someone on Twitter, you know, saying that to Elon Musk doesn't really affect Elon Musk. People no. are not going to stop <laughs> buying his products. He's not going to lose all his money at a, over public outrage. Yeah. But on a smaller scale, I think about, like, Yelpers, you know, there are definitely occasions where a restaurant has been horrible or a service has been poorly rendered and it may be worth telling people about it. But I find it hard to believe that that's a hundred percent of the reviews Mm. that you find online. Yeah. And so there's also a part of me that wonders, well, did you try when I read horrible reviews of a place? I'm like, did you, did you try to resolve it with the, the owners? Have you just destroyed this person's business? because? you felt it was justified and they don't even know that you feel this (laughs) wronged. Yeah. Um, and so there's always, you can, and that's the thing, you can never know because some people who post reviews that are negative are perfectly justified. Yeah. But the fact is there's no way of, of vetting it. Like, you just have to believe
0: yeah and some people are like, really vindictive about it too like, they'll have a bad experience like oh I know what I'm doing when I go home oh
1: google reviews people will make like multiple accounts and oh. like really people go hard at it because the thing is if you're happy with your experience you probably don't write a review yeah like yeah. <laughs> but if you're pissed you're online you're there
0: yeah there's actually been an oh I keep I, that I whenever I travel I go to hostels and I if I have a really good experience I usually tell them on the way out we can you know, they ask, you know, how's your stay? I'm like, it was amazing. I'm going to write a good review. I have not written a review for these places.
1: <laughs> I wrote a review for Goodfellas because they offered a free donut, <laughs> which I couldn't even eat, but I, I gave it to, yeah. <laughs> to my brother. I was like, you get two free donuts now. <laughs>
0: amazing. All right, let's move on to the next question. Um, what was the worst book you ever read and what made it so terrible?
1: The White Heart. H A R T, which is like a stag, and I remember reading it in like the eighth grade, and it was awful. Like it was this, <laughs> this, just over. Oh, not even over, just like verbose, oh. romantic novella almost. I don't even know if it was long enough to be a novel. <laughs> The characters were flat. The gender roles were strong. Just like... Yeah. <laughs> was a helpless woman. Oh, no. Magical deer. Mighty strong man with glorious calves. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even sexy. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, well, this is just a light plot. Mm. Maybe I was too young. Maybe it was sexy <laughs> and I just didn't get it yet. But it was really bad.
0: Jeez. It was I've never even heard of that book. It was
1: probably wildly unpopular. I got it for free in a box of, of books the library was throwing out.
0: <laughs> First flag.
1: <laughs> the library doesn't even want it.
0: <laughs> the place that holds books of immense knowledge and everything else does not want this one.
1: <laughs> well, some of the books were good. They were just kind of like falling apart. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I, I used to make collages with like old prints. Oh. So I would periodically get... These boxes of books for my, my arts. <laughs> That's nice. It was, but the white heart was not. It was so, not one of them. Uh,
0: Mine is The Catcher in the Rye, because mm. the main character pissed me off so much. <laughs> I just, I hated the rest of the book. And I, it's like, it's funny, because like everyone seems to like that book to some degree, or at least appreciate mm-hmm. it from a literature standpoint. But look at it, what it is. It's a adolescent teenager complaining about everything, whining he's depressed on top of all that and he doesn't do shit (laughs) for the whole book i don't even remember how it ends i don't remember how it ends it's just it was a pain in the ass to read about this again and i I read this in high school so i'm already a teenager going through already some moderately life-changing whatever's emotional distress and all that fun shit that you go through in high school and on top of that i now need to read your sad story
1: (laughs) maybe that's why maybe it was like too negative on just a magnet. Compounding everything. Yeah, your angst just repelled <laughs> this is the angst chance. of the novel.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know why they teach that book. I don't understand what was the point.
1: I didn't read it. I didn't, it wasn't one of my assigned readings.
0: I'm lucky. <laughs> I mean, at least Romeo and Juliet had, like, you know, somewhat of a lesson to it.
1: Romeo, Moderately enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Romeo and Juliet, but I do like the the tragedies. I really like Macbeth. Uh, my issue with Shakespeare in English is that you always just read it, and so much is lost on just reading a play. Um, <laughs> I know certainly lots of curriculums involve like going to Stratford or mm. watching a movie of the play, so you do get that balance, but usually it's after you've already read it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, actually in our class, we were all, it was a, in our class, we had to all read out a particular character oh. or read in a, depending, it was like, depending on who was in class. So he's either, all, we'd each have an assigned character or we just right. kind of pick characters at the beginning of the chapter. And that'd be like, we would read that in class and then we'd be told again to read it again at home.
1: That's a good way of doing
0: yeah. it. So you get that, you actually have to actively listen to everybody else in the room and then you have to go home and reread it to do the homework and stuff like that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: That's the thing. People teach Shakespeare. I'm sure there are lots of people who teach Shakespeare very well. Yeah. I just... I don't like reading plays. <laughs> but that's, again, that's a personal thing. I like plays. I like reading. Yeah. I have an English degree. <laughs> I, I just don't like reading plays. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, question 20. What's your most irrational fear?
2: Mm. <laughs>
1: failure but oh. in things that you can't really fail at or in things that it doesn't matter it's just like a universal fear of failure in okay. all aspects of life hmm. and there are certain things like really yeah you can't fail at or <laughs> if you do fail at them the consequences are so minor that you do more harm to yourself by worrying about the possibility than you would if you just failed and then yeah, like dealt with it and moved on.
0: Yeah. So I started, like, actually, it's funny you say, because, like, that's, like, one of my least irrational fears. Because, like, being a particularly poor student in high, in high school and onward, it's just, you kind of get used to failing so often. Mm-hmm. And so, um, especially in, the, like, the last couple of years where I'm just kind of, like, just thrown out all worry of, like, you know, what if I fuck up? Well, in that case, I fuck up. Great, I'll deal with it. Right. And then just kind of rolling with it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but my most irrational fear though is actually deep water. I don't ah, not don't like deep water. That's
1: not irrational. You could you could What well, is when
0: you No, cuz like even when I, if I see the bottom, it's like I wouldn't say it's like a normal pool depth of anything more than like 25 or 30 feet. So it's right. deep enough that it gets darker, right. and you can still see the bottom, that freaks me out. I don't like that. And it's I even would, worse if I can't see the bottom.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say that's necessarily irrational though because there are things in deep water that can hurt you.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's not it's not the things that are down there. Because I'm like, they're fish. They're more or less going to mind their own business unless it's a predator. In which case, what the fuck am I doing there in the first place? Fair enough. <laughs> I got bigger problems to worry about in <laughs> the deep water. Um, it's just the thought of just... I don't like that sense of... I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's the same reason I haven't tried scuba diving. Because I don't right. like the idea of being not only in deep water, but now I'm like actively exploring the depths of that deep water.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I can't explain that's irrational.
2: <laughs> that
1: makes sense. Yeah. I understand. I suppose it's, yeah, my irrational fear is funny because when I actually do fail at things, it usually doesn't bother me that much. Mm. Or I'll just go, actually, it depends what I failed at, but often it's easier for me to deal with the failure than it was for me to get over the worry of failing to do the thing in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's definitely improved as I've gotten older. I'm also a little bit uncomfortable with deep water, but I think part of that is having been a lifeguard and having watched so many like uh, things about the dangers of deep water. Yeah, It's all rational in so far as these are real things that can happen, but it shouldn't stop me from going diving if I wanna go diving mm-hmm. or that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Mine's very contextual too like I was actually just thinking about that because like I remember I was actually when I was in Portugal I was doing kayaking out on the sea like out in the ocean that didn't bother me because like I was in the kayak the kayak was in the deep water not me (laughs) you know technically that's like that was like the logic that I had there but if it was me swimming then I'd have a problem so it's like when I'm immersed in the deep water no go right yeah I'm trying to think where that even stemmed from. I, the deepest, the, only, the oldest memory I have of that is like tubing on a lake, and then the tube flipped over mm. um, while being dragged behind a boat and just flip over. Um, and then I was underwater and I didn't know which orientation to go in. Right. And that—that's like the earliest memory of like freaking out about the deep water. Yeah. It's
1: scary. It's valid. Yeah. Uh,
0: huh. All right. Question twenty-one. What is something that you're glad you tried but will never do or use again?
2: Hmm.
1: I'll need a minute?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of mine as well. I was like, wait a minute, I had something for this one. Um, hmm. Oh, you know what? Oh, yeah, kind of applicable. It's the uh, t- tough mud, r- mud race thing. Oh, right. Glad I did it. That was fun. Won't do it again. <laughs> Just I don't particularly like getting dirty and like after the first like after the first like you know obstacle you kinda get covered in mud anyway and you're like, Okay, this is fine now. But no. (laughs) Not again. Not for you. No. It's fun exercise. I I didn't mind the exercise component. It was just the the mud and the constant wet I did not appreciate.
1: (laughs) I find it hard to say I will never do something again. Like there are things (laughs) that I can think of that I've done that I won't go out of my way to do again, like go-karting. I'm terrible at it, (laughs) I'm not super into go-karting, but I wouldn't 100% say I will never do it again. Ah. There could be a scenario where it's appropriate for me to Mm. go-kart, perhaps as a Mario go-kart for like a photo opportunity. Okay.
2: (laughs) okay. Yeah.
0: You can do that in Tokyo. You can. You can do
1: it in Toronto, or not in Toronto, but somewhere here now. I don't know exactly where they opened it up, but there's like a track that they built.
0: Oh, no, that's in Niagara Falls. In Niagara. Yeah, makes sense. yeah, yeah. That place looks cool. I want to go check that out.
1: I think... I don't know if I can answer this question. I find it hard <laughs> to say... To say never.
0: <laughs> we can either move on or... All, all my ex boyfriends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. That works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> got your answer. I won't ask for any more explanation on that. <laughs> uh, question 22. What are some good reasons not to go vegan?
1: I feel like you have to spend so much time planning what you're going to eat so that you don't end up being deficient.
0: Yeah. It yeah. seems
1: exhausting.
0: Yeah, constantly trying to find something. Actually, I was going to be my answer as well. Was like, Especially if you travel and you go to a culture where um, being vegan is a little bit harder. And I'm trying to think of a culture that's not Western that does this. <laughs> um, but there will be, there will, there will definitely be some places where the vegan options aren't always present. And if there are vegan options by which either homemade or whatever, yeah, you're going to be, defi- you're going to be losing nutrients somewhere. Right.
2: Um,
0: so I think there's a good reason to be flexible in that regard. Also, I'm a big fan, not a big fan, I'm a big proponent of, if you're going to go vegan and it's for health reasons, good for you. If you're going to go vegan because you do like, cute animals. Uh, that's not a good reason. <laughs> I
1: don't I'm not going to pass judgment on people's reasons for going vegan, but I am interested in how can you maintain a healthy vegan diet? And I'm wondering if it's possible to do so in all parts of the world based on what is locally available. Mm. Because there is something to be said about relying on foods that have to be shipped in. And certainly I eat lots of foods that have to be shipped in. My avocados, for instance, for my millennial <laughs> avocado toast. Yes. yes. <laughs> my gluten free avocado oh. toast, no less. But I know for a fact that if there was nothing being shipped in that I could live on what is available within, you know, a fifty kilometer yeah. radius of my home.
2: And I don't mean grocery
1: stores, I mean like...
2: Yeah,
0: well in that case you'd have a very hard time in the northern areas of Canada. (laughs) Right,
1: and that's the thing. You would have a hard time in a lot of places. Yeah. And like in cultures, you know, like Inuit cultures where traditionally the majority of your diet is meat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, not a good time.
1: (laughs) So I think the geography of where you live, or sorry, your geography, could... Propose some some good reasons not to go vegan.
2: Hmm, yeah, it's true.
1: But it's not something that I have tried. I know that there are a lot of benefits to it, and certainly I eat meat that is probably not ethically farmed, and I I do have some qualms with that, and it it is something that I think about. Mm. And also health issues. You know, I used to live in Guelph, and I would get my meat from a butcher that got it from a local farm. It was really expensive relative to what you get at the grocery store. But it was
2: delicious.
1: (laughs) So, and I felt better about it. Hmm. Because I thought, you know, you've had a good life, Cal. Yeah. And now you are my lunch. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that
0: would be my answer. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I don't understand if you're going to be, if you're trying to save animals and go vegan, it's like, well, the bad news is... (laughs) There's how many other people on the planet that are also eating meat currently?
1: <laughs> well, and it's not just saving animals. I mean, you know, soy farming kills enormous numbers of animals. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's no... I don't think that there's a way to live that doesn't take...
0: Impact. Yeah. Impact
1: something. Yeah. Or someone else in the world. But I do respect people who make an effort to minimize that impact while vegan may not be my way of going. hmm I'm not, I don't know enough about it to say to someone else who has made that choice that there's something wrong with
0: it. Yeah. That's true. Did you by chance see uh, that news event that happened, uh, must have been a month ago now. Um, there's a restaurant in Toronto that started doing more um, meat dishes based on the local wildlife. So I know they served like deer and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I
1: did. not Like I was carving. Yeah. Front.
0: yeah. So for context for the audience, there is a protest outside this person's restaurant Um, protesting of course the meat content of the dishes and the owner in protest of the protesters went to the back got a big cut of I think it was deer or something like that yeah brought it right to the front window where there's like a bar area where people would you know eat sandwiches and just started preparing the meat right in front of the protesters (laughs) and this whole event like the protesters uh, ironically they start filming it and putting on social media saying how could he be so ignorant Um, but unfortunately that just gave the guy free marketing and now his restaurant's booked for the next year.
1: (laughs) Well, and venison is one of those ones that, I mean, deer are cute, Mm. but we have too many deer. (laughs) And this is the truth. Humans take up so much space that they're, whether we like it or not, we're part of the landscape. So I actually have a lot of respect for ethical hunters who go out there and and call populations that need to be called and make use of that meat because that is contributing to the overall health of the environment Mm -hmm. certainly poaching is bad certainly killing too many of a particular species is bad like I would say trophy hunting I don't feel good about Mm. that but it's it's not a, all killing animals is terrible. Yeah. It's a nuanced conversation.
0: Kind of brings brings to mind a quote from Futurama where uh, they, in order to get rid of this penguin population on one of the planets, he's just like, look, no one wants to kill penguins, but if you have to kill penguins, well, you might as well enjoy it. <laughs>
2: Futurama. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, question 23. What country do you think has the least amount of corruption?
1: I have no idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna go for the edgy answer and say North Korea. Antarctica. Oh well, that's not really that's not a country though. That's a territory. Mm. It's a disputed territory at that.
1: (laughs) Are there other countries where there's only one guy, or no one else lives there?
0: Be like Sealand, actually. That'd be one of them.
1: Is there only one?
0: There's one. I think there's one person living there.
1: Sealand. Yeah.
0: You ever heard of Sealand? No. Oh. So, Sealand is a um, so during World War II there's these pylons that are put out in the um, what do you call that the English Channel
2: mm-hmm.
0: to protect against Allah and un- Allied Axis or Nazis uh, from crossing over the channel into into invading Britain. Mm-hmm. So there's these outposts that are placed so many kilometers out into the uh, English Channel, and they're just essentially guard posts. And after the war they're left abandoned until one guy said, "I'm going to start a country there," and so he. T- Took one of them as his own, called it Sealand, <laughs> and you can get citizenship. They have their own currency. They have their own passports. Um, at one point, there was like a hostage situation there, <laughs> and because the Germans sent a uh, a diplomatic person to Sealand, technically that was acknowledging Sealand as a sovereign nation, um, which gave them justification. But so far, no one has else. No one else has said that Sealand is actually a place. It's just one dude on a rig. Okay. Yeah.
1: Perhaps not. The, perhaps not Sealand, based yeah. on the story you just told.
0: Uh, one honest was thing is was North Korea, because if everybody's corrupt, if the whole leadership is actively corrupt, then is there really any corruption?
1: Well, I think it depends on... Exactly. It depends on your notion of what is corruption. Yeah. I suppose... A transparent dictatorship is less corrupt, although <laughs> more oppressive and detrimental in its effects.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, the question is, do you think you can have a nation with low corruption?
1: Low corruption, of course, but, hmm. but never no corruption.
0: Yeah, never. I would say no as well. People
1: yeah. are too self-interested yeah. to...
0: It just takes one bag of money for a guy to say, you know, I'm secondhand.
1: Well, it depends on the type of corruption. You know, sometimes there are laws that... Are passed that become unjustifiable later mm, on or yeah. don't make any sense. And so they are circumvented. And perhaps technically that's corruption, but is it negative? Does it cause a negative effect for the country yeah. or a positive one?
2: Yeah.
1: Subjective. Subjective question.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Question 24 What piece of outdated technology can you just not part with?
1: So many. <laughs> um, my slide projectors. Uh, my 35mm camera. My Super Nintendo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my Atari.
0: <laughs> just got, they're like really old things and it's just like, yeah, something from the 90s. <laughs> uh,
1: my ColecoVision.
0: Wait, what?
1: It's like Atari, but it's made by someone else and it's called ColecoVision.
0: Oh my. Hmm.
1: <laughs> um, Outdated technology. My VHS DVD combo player.
0: Still have one of those? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Although I did get rid of most of my VHS's, so.
0: Damn.
1: Which people always wonder about, but I thought Mm. they degrade and. Yeah. (laughs) They were taking up space. Hmm.
0: One of the ones that I would, it was an iPod. For me Um, but I've actually unfortunately I've never I haven't actually used it in like about three months Hmm. I've become converted to this streaming and keeping everything on my phone which I don't like because like my iPod had like 16 gigabytes or I think it was like 8 at the time no no 6 no no the capacity was 16 I had about 8 gigabytes of like just music that I had amassed over like the last 10-15 years and it was a very you know meticulously Uh, maintained collection all in its own playlist and everything like that and like I live by having an iPod to play music because it was just like I like this thing because I can easily it's like a thing built for purpose right and then along came the smartphone and now I'm completely ruined
1: (laughs) I mean I still have my old iPhone is actually my iPod it's just become a dedicated (laughs) iPod I used to have an iPod video that I loved, like one of those 80 gig ones.
2: Oh, yeah, I had one of those, yeah.
1: Epic, but it got stolen when I was in Croatia. Uh. Honestly, unless it gets stolen or utterly destroyed. I don't get rid of old technology. Like, mm. I have bins with my old laptops, my old hard drives, yeah. all of my mm-hmm. old game consoles. I have oh, a GameCube why? still. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I have the Wii that can also play GameCube games, there's, there's yeah. really no reason to keep it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only piece of outdated technology I have is like um, I talked about in the other podcast episode. Which is the safety razor. Mm, Just because like I find it so convenient to use more than the disposable razors by far. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I've seen, I wouldn't say those are outdated. When I go to craft shows and things, Mm -hmm. they, there are often artisans who make them. And they'll make them with like lovely stone handles and things.
0: Oh nice. I thought they were just outdated because like I've never seen one before up until having to order one.
1: They just aren't stocked at department stores because you buy them once yeah
0: and that's it <laughs> there's
1: certain cosmetics that I think went out of favor for that reason so lip stains you won't
0: I, w- I wouldn't know <laughs> but lip stains
1: were very popular for a while and it's pretty much impossible to get them on the shelves anywhere you can still order them online and whenever I ask people say oh well they weren't moisturizing that's why they got rid of them mm. but I think it's because they last forever like <laughs> one lip stain just it's just like I uh, don't need another one for three years
0: yep. yeah yeah all right our final question uh what do you tell yourself to resolve an existential crisis (laughs) it's a good one to end on
1: i think it depends on (laughs) the particular nature of the crisis at that moment what brought it on
0: Mm, yeah
1: is it work related is it (laughs) life related i think i try to address the piece of information that initiated the feeling of existential doubt at that moment as best as possible <laughs> which is not always easy to do yeah and I suppose it comes down to it'll be okay
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah mine was uh, being the being the procrastinator that I am I'll just be like I'll deal with this next week
2: <laughs> future Zach's Future problem.
0: future me problem he'll deal with it it will be fine and then future me is like god damn it <laughs> This asshole in the past.
1: Thank you, future tense in English language. Yeah. Being able to divide myself from what has come before and what will come next.
0: All right. And that uh, that brings us to the end. Yay. Yay.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Um, if there's any sponsors who want to sponsor this episode, let me know. I say that both sarcastically and kind of hopefully. Um, and to all the listeners thank you for listening Um, have fun I I never know what to say have fun I never never know (laughs) live
2: long and prosper that yeah (laughs) (laughs)